0: And it's another Saturday morning at CCLN when we have a bit of a wine chat with our friend from Haskell's, Jack Farrell. Good morning, Jack. Hi there, Denny. How are things? Uh, things are really well, you know. it's uh, Look, at it. it's 19 degrees now, but we're going to hit near 46 today, maybe 61 on Monday. But being the theater of the seasons, we're going to get nine above for a low about midweek. So uh, it's it's there's a bit of a struggle, but I think we'll get through it.
1: Well, today I thought I would talk about... A different white wine. You know, everybody is fond of Chardonnay and Sauvignon Blanc, but there are several other white wine varieties out there that are very, very good, very food appropriate, etc. And you really restrict yourself if you limit yourself only to drinking Chardonnay. One of my favorite white wines off the beaten track, and that's what I'm going to talk about this morning, is a French wine called Viognier. V-I-O-G-N-I-E-R, Viognier. And Viognier is a wonderful grape type. It's most popular in the Rhone Valley, uh where it's very often blended with the red wine Syrah. And what it's popular in the Rhone Valley, uh where it's very often blended with the red wine Syrah. And what it does is add a floral component and stabilizes that Uh, Syrah, which is a big, strong uh, red wine with a lot of character. And Viognier comes from the Rhone Valley, but it's grown all over the world today. Uh, North, South America, New Zealand, etc., all produce different Viogniers. And like Chardonnay, Viognier has the ability to produce full-bodied wines with a lush character. Uh, And in contrast to Chardonnay, the Viognier has more aromatics. Uh, when you're smelling a Viognier, there's hints of peaches, violets, and a good dose of minerality, which you really want to have, particularly in a food wine. And, and uh, one of the reasons I think Viognier isn't so popular is it's a difficult grape to work with. Uh, barrel fermentation is virtually impossible, Unless you're the best kind of winemaker in the world, where you can make a viognier in an oak barrel. It's mainly produced in stainless steel tanks. And since that introduction, you know, this grape type in the 60s was practically non existent. And today it's one of the most popular new white wines to plant anywhere. Uh, and it's very low yielding, so that can be a problem. Uh, From an economic standpoint, uh, it's not as viable as Chardonnay, which is much more prolific. But uh, the wine is worth seeking out. Uh, (coughs) Its principal grape type in uh, Chateau Grier, which is, incidentally, is the smallest Appalachian in France. I think it's about 12 acres. And that's all entitled to Chateau Grier, and in the appellation, when I use that, is every uh, area of winemaking in France has an Appalachian. If it doesn't, it's called just Vindetable. But there's the Appalachian Bordeaux, there's the Appalachian Burgundy. In Burgundy, there's the Appalachian Pomard, et cetera. Uh And the AOC, the Appalachian Controlee, uh, it's a division of the French Department of Agriculture controls all those regulations and where stuff can grow and where it can't. And Vignet, as I said, was found originally in the Rhone Valley, and its origins are clouded in history. They think it was introduced by the Romans in about 200 A.D. Uh, it's a taken its name, they believe, from the Roman city of Yens, uh, and so it's, it's sort of obscure, but it's as I said, it's one of these wines, in my opinion, that's worth seeking out more and more uh, wineries. And even in Napa Valley and California, all over, Oregon, et cetera, they're growing Viognier. So it isn't as obscure as it once was. It's uh, becoming more popular, and uh, we have in California, I think, close to 3,000 acres planted of Viognier. And as I said, as far as viticulture goes, it's a tough wine uh, to grow. Uh, It's it's, uh, temperamental. It's predictable to mildew, uh, which is an undesirable thing in a vineyard. And you want to pick it when the aroma and taste is at its peak, so it, it's uh, they like a long-growing season, but they like it kind of warm, but not too hot. So it, it's a very temperamental grape. And uh, the grapevines that are old, and there are a few vines that are over 70 or 100 years old in uh, the Rhone Valley, produce wines that are just absolutely incredible. And as I said, it's become more popular, and there's a good reason for that. It's a very interesting white wine to have. It's since the 90s, both California and Australia have significant amount of land, as I mentioned a moment ago, developed to the Viognier grape. Uh, there's uh, planning increases in everywhere. Uh, right now, some of the most promising Viogniers are coming from the Finger Lakes district of New York and Virginia. But uh, we have some one called La Forge that is my favorite. In fact, I think it's the best Viognier I've ever tasted. And it's only about $15 a bottle, La Forge uh, Viognier. And anyhow, in France, uh, it's a very popular uh, Rhone wine. And as I said, the area is called Condru. And the property Chateau Grier, which is the smallest in the world, uh, Appalachio. And it's wonderful, wonderful produce is, comes 100% from Viognier. And because Viognier ripens earlier than Syrah, uh, it's often added to Syrah. As I said in the process, it stabilizes uh, Syrah and adds a little aromatic touch to it. And people drink Syrah a lot without realizing a little Viognier has gone into it, which is perfectly okay to do in France. In North America here, Canada is now growing Viognier in its uh, far western provinces, and it's pretty good too. Uh, the areas of that are popular are, as I said, uh Oregon, and Washington, and California, of course. California has the largest plantings, but vineyards in even Idaho and Colorado and New Mexico are featuring Viognier. So it's a wine that you're going to hear about. You're going to have to try it, and I'd say the sooner the better. It's kind of a perfect wine to have with this weird temperature fluctuations we're having. If you had some... Pan-Asian food uh, ordered in because you don't want to go out uh, or you don't feel like cooking, try Viognier with Pan-Asian food. It's a marriage made in heaven. They're just both delicious. They go perfectly well together. And incidentally, you can get Viognier from South America. Chile and Argentina have very significant plantings now. And also Brazil and Uruguay are starting to. In Australia... As I mentioned earlier, the Yalumba Valley is uh, the largest producer of Viognier, and uh, but it's grown everywhere, uh, not just in, in Yalumba. Uh, but in New Zealand, a small amount of Viognier is grown, and, and it's worth seeking out because it's good. But the wine really is best known for its floral aroma, and it is. The, the aroma doesn't overpower everything else. It just complements the food so very nicely. Uh, you don't want a Viognier that's too old. Not that they don't age well. They really do. But they lose that wonderful floral uh, aroma after they're about five or six years old. And you really want to have it with that floral aroma because that's part of the big appeal of Viognier's. Uh, as I said, the food pairings with that are just terrific. It goes with almost any spicy food. As I mentioned, Pan Asian. If you were having Thai food or Szechuan, Viognier would be a perfect wine to have with those different kinds of uh, dishes uh, that are zippy, spicy with ginger and garlic and uh, soy sauce, etc. You really. Wine, wine, like Viognier, and as I said, my favorite is one called La Forge, just like the forge in a blacksmith shop, La Forge, and La Forge is uh, about $15 a bottle, and it is absolutely a wonderful wine to get to know and like. And incidentally, our own Ted Farrell has picked out a six for 60 for springtime, and He's really gone out of his way to get some good wines. One of the ones that just is back is Koala Ranch. Now, Koala Ranch is from Australia, and Australian wines have gone in and out of popularity. Excuse me. I think they're coming back, and the Koala Ranch he picked is a blend of Semillon and Sauvignon Blanc which is the main recipe for white bordeaux except this is from down under koala ranch uh, they won awards for the uh label on the wine and uh it's really a very good wine very modestly priced as i said this is part of Ted 6 for 60 the other one is kind of what i would call a real poor <clears throat> poor man's uh sound Corrine La Roche. It's Sauvignon Blanc from the Loire Valley and it is absolutely wonderful. It's a lot like a Sancerre uh, but as Sauvignon Blanc always is. And then there's his rosé pick was Domaine Fazi. Now this is from Corsica of all places. And it is a marvelous bone dry white wine that is absolutely delicious as an aperitif. Then he's got a Bordeaux in there, Chateau de Razan, wonderful little Bordeaux, uh, good with uh, burgers or steaks on the grill. You put in a Cote de Rhone, which, of course, just cries for meat from the grill. And from Washington State, he's got second-growth Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, a Cabernet from the state of Washington, which is delicious. Six wonderful wines uh, for 60 bucks. And uh, he really takes his time and really thoroughly investigates these 6 for 60. And this is a spring one, and it's all based on the aroma of the wine. They all have very interesting uh, bouquet and aroma of these six wines. Koala Ranch, Turinus Roche, Domaine Fazi, the Corsican uh, Rosé, which is wonderful. Chateau Paz de Rosan from Bordeaux, Cote de Rhone-Bernard from the Rhone Valley, and from Washington State's second-growth Cabernet. A great combination, six for 60. And, of course, we're celebrating at Haskell's 90 years in business. So look for some very interesting things coming up to celebrate our 90 years. Very few businesses survive that long. And we've been picking wines for now 90 years that's a long time so hopefully we've gotten fairly good at being able to pick wines and combinations in all those decades that we've been in business so at any rate try a bottle of Viognier uh, you won't be disappointed and it's a new wine to have in your repertoire try that Laforge; it's priced right just a, a wonderful different variant to celebrate Wine and food in these turbulent weather wet times. Uh, also, don't forget Ted's for six for sixty. Great idea. Uh, six bottles of wine. You can try them all over a month or three-week period, and you'll be enchanted with each one of his choices because they are all six, in my opinion, well ch- chosen.
0: Oh, I love that. That's a great idea, Ted, that six for 60. And and you mentioned 90 years, and there's a reason Haskell's is called the wine people. You do such a great job. And t- if you would, Jack, t- tell us the location so people can check it out.
1: I'll do that, Denny. You know, Haskell's loves to pair food and wine. So all you have to do is tell them what you're going to prepare and how it's going to be prepared, and they can do the rest. And now, best news is, They'll put you in touch with a wine that won't break the bank. There's a Haskell's near you where you can save big dollars on wine. Haskell's in Bloomington. There's a Haskell's in Excelsior. Faribault has a Haskell's right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Cellar is not to be missed. 22,000 square feet of wines from around the world. Our downtown Minneapolis store has free parking on Saturday and Sunday. There's a Haskell's at Ridgedale and Minnetonka in Plymouth. St. Paul's Highland Village, Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury. And if you can't come into Haskell's, go to haskells.com. And don't forget that we do deliver right to your door. All you have to do is call. That's kind of old-fashioned, but that's how we are after 90 years, sort of up-to-date with the computers, etc. But old-fashioned service, pick up the phone and call Haskell's.
0: Absolutely. We love it, too. All right, Jack, thanks so much. Let's do this again next week.
1: You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that.
0: Jack Farrell from Haskell's.